The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome in to Duval Daily, presented by GenJag.com. I'm Jordan DeLugo. Thank you so much for tuning in here, Duval. We've got another fun one here. Day four of Jaguars training camp is in the books. The Jags defense has really stepped up over the last two days of camp after Trevor Lawrence had a perfect day during team drills on Tuesday. We'll dive into that, the kicker's struggles at camp, and a whole lot more here on Duval Daily right now. Reminder to please like and subscribe on YouTube. You can follow me at Jordan DeLugo on Twitter, Generation Jaguar, at Generation Jag. Got everybody checking in here. John says, yo, yo. Bradley says, what's going on, Duval? Says the defense is looking good. Said Trevor didn't even make many, if any, mistakes. We were just suffocating targets in the red zone. Yeah, the defense looked good today. We'll talk about that. Gerald checks in, says, hey, Jordan, always watch the show. Finally get to see the live version. Thanks for being here, Gerald. Bradley says, can't wait for pads. The O-line versus D-line is going to be awesome. Yeah, and once you get the pads on, which will happen this upcoming Sunday, you're going to see not only O-line versus D-line getting after each other a little bit more in the team portion of stuff, but in the positional drills, they'll be able to uh, really practice their one-on-ones. And, and that's a fun time in camp. It always is. We've got Murray here. She's kind of uh, hanging out with us today. Looking derpy, per usual. She won't get off my lap right now, though, so hopefully she'll cooperate during the show. Bobby checks in, says, congrats on getting monetized. Appreciate you, Bobby. Appreciate everybody for being here. All right, so it is Thursday, July 28th. We are one week away from the Hall of Fame game. Kind of scary considering the Jaguars have not even put on pads yet. But it's also pretty exciting. Tony Baselli will be enshrined into the Hall of Fame as the first Jaguar to ever be uh, a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, to be enshrined in Canton. That's going to be awesome. Will the game be awesome? Probably not. I don't really expect any of the starters and maybe many of the backups to be heavily involved in this one. And when I say backups, I mean second string. Obviously, backups will be involved. Uh, but but players that you really are expecting on having to rely on during the regular season, I don't expect them to be too active in the Hall of Fame game because the Jaguars, after that Hall of Fame game, they'll have their three regular season games, or excuse me, three preseason games just like every other team in the NFL, and and they'll have their time to get ready for for the regular season, I just don't think that this Hall of Fame game is going to be the time where you really get to see what the Jaguars have to offer from the first and second string players. Speaking of first and second string, I don't know what the Jaguars are going to do at kicker right now because both kickers are really struggling as Murray jumps down here. Maybe she'll go find her her uh, bed there. But both kickers are really struggling. Andrew Mebus is the rookie undrafted 
free agent out of Iowa State. He also attended Fordham prior to that. He had an impressive uh, final season in college at Iowa State. I think he was perfect from 50-plus, really accurate overall. But unfortunately, he just he has not found his rhythm here in Jacksonville, and kicking is such a mental mental position, a mental game, a lot like golf. You know, you can get the yips and he's been missing some kicks really badly. Unfortunately, Santoso, Ryan Santoso, the big uh, giant of a kicker. He, he's been better than, than Mevis so far. He certainly has a bigger leg than Mevis. He might have the biggest leg in the NFL for that matter, but the accuracy has still not been great from Santoso. So when you look at those two guys, I mean, both of them can certainly get it into the end zone on kickoffs and out of the back of the end zone. But from a accuracy standpoint on these kicks, it hasn't looked great at all. When you think about um, good kickers in the NFL, you're not seeing them miss multiple kicks during training camp practice. Usually you're usually seeing Pretty much perfect sheets. I mean, when Josh Lambeau was on his game for a few years here in Jacksonville, he was deadly accurate during practice. Sure, you'd have a one-off here or there, but these these guys aren't having one-offs. They're missing too, too often to feel really comfortable. And it's early in camp, uh, but I don't know how the Jaguars don't bring someone in to compete because it's not looking good right now overall. I would certainly say Santoso has looked better than Mivas in camp, but neither has been overly impressive when it comes to making field goals. All right, so moving on from the kickers, uh, which, and and one last thing on the kickers. If you're going to be a competitive team in the NFL, you're going to have games that come down to three points, six points. If you're, if your kickers cannot capitalize on, on these kicks and make some field goals for you and you're in tight games, I mean, that can be the difference in winning multiple, winning and losing multiple games throughout the season. So they're going to have to get that figured out. And Heath Farwell is a really good special teams coach. He's going to have to figure something out here. And, and Doug Peterson as well, because it's not looking good so far. When you look at the injuries, Jawan Taylor, he has an unspecified injury that he suffered at some point yesterday. Um, so he was off to the side riding the bike today. Devin Lloyd is day-to-day, which I think is probably better than a lot of people expected. He's not, he's not going to miss a lot of time here, it doesn't look like. But they are going to take it slow, just how they are with everyone. They're really doing a good job not pushing it too hard too fast um, when, when it comes to injuries and just when it comes to acclimation in general, right? These players, they just had a month off or so. Um, you're not jumping them right into getting the pads on. They, they kind of had a, a slower, um, shorter practice on Monday, and they're just ramping it up day by day. And that that's what makes sense. That's what you want to see. And so I think there's a really good approach when it comes to injury prevention and injury recovery. You're seeing Devin Lloyd day to day. Darius Williams looks like he's really close, but again, they're not putting them out there yet in the team drills. James Robinson, he keeps doing a little more every day. 
saw him running some routes with the running backs today. C.J. Beathard, um, Doug Peterson said, could be a full go any day. He, he's pretty much ready, but again, they're just taking it slow. There's no point in rushing things right now. And I agree with that completely. But I, I mentioned that the defense over the last two days has made a ton of plays. I think yesterday it was a lot more even between the offense and defense where I think the defense had a slight advantage over the offense, but Trevor still performed at a high level. There was still a lot of nice completions down the field. It was just the defense was kind of trading punches more than the day before. The day before that, Trevor Lawrence completed 17 of 17 passes in the team portion of the practice. So the defense kind of got its footing yesterday a little bit more. And then today, the defense performed at an even higher level. It was mostly red zone work that you saw. A lot of seven on seven, 11 on 11 in the red zone. And uh, it was awesome. Yesterday, I didn't do a Duval daily because I was just so gassed after practice. But Josh Allen, he had two would be sacks yesterday. Daniel Thomas, the backup safety, had another one. And then you look at today, Roy Robertson Harris, he had a big deflection at, at the line of scrimmage today uh, as Trevor was kind of trying to dump the ball off over him. He said, No, sir, with those big long arms. And that's the second play he's made like that so far. Um, he had one during the spring as well. So it's good to see Roy Robertson-Harris playing well. Pass breakups galore on that side of the ball today. They were super tight in coverage, very sticky. Tyson Campbell has really shined over the last two days when they've been targeting him. Uh, I think Trevor, after, after the first uh, target his way today, where Tyson was just all over the receiver. There was not a window to deliver the ball to the receiver. I think Trevor just started looking elsewhere a little bit more. But Campbell had um, two pass breakups yesterday, another couple plays in coverage where he was just suffocating the receiver, and Trevor had no window to get it to them. So Tyson Campbell going into year two, he really came on at the end of his uh, rookie season, in my opinion you know, the final eight games or so of his rookie season, he looked really good, was really stifling in coverage. And uh, that's carried over into camp so far. He's playing with confidence. He's kind of developing into a leader back there for this team. You saw yesterday, I'm sure I didn't hear it, but Justin Lewis of the Times Union, he tweeted out, He's like, it's Chick-fil-A on Sundays out here is what Tyson Campbell was saying after one of those past breakups. So his confidence is critical and and at for especially at the cornerback position you're out there on an island and you have got to be one of the more confident players on the field to be able to execute at a high level at the cornerback position there's really good stuff there from Tyson Campbell Shaquille Griffin he got his first interception of camp today it was off of an Evan Ingram deflection kind of popped it up and and Shaq came down with it um, and that was the first interception for Trevor Lawrence during camp so far. So he's been clean with the football. And again, this one, the the receiver really could have and probably should have caught it, certainly shouldn't have popped it up in the air to allow a defender to go get it. But the good news with Shaquille Griffin there is he struggled to hold on to the football last year when he um when he he got his hands on it, which he did four or five times and just could not come down with the football. 
had it dead to rights, had some really good opportunities for interceptions. That's been a, a focal point for Shaquille Griffin this offseason is making sure when he gets his opportunities to pick the pick the ball off that he's taking advantage of them. And he did that today, picking off the first pass of training camp. So uh, you're really encouraged with what you're seeing from from the defense over the last couple days, from the secondary especially. Rayshon Jenkins had a nice pass breakup today. They were just locked down. It looked like they were really on their game in the red zone, uh, protecting the end zone today. They weren't perfect, though. We'll talk about Trevor Lawrence in just a second. We'll jump into some comments here. Chef Florida Boy says Lamborghini is a free agent. Yeah, he's also suing the team, so I don't see that one happening. But I hear you. Gerald said it would really hurt to lose a game missing an easy field goal. Yes, it would. No question about it. Keaton Tucker says Urban Miller would have had Tebow at kicker by now. He might have, yeah. Us and them says Urban would have kicked both our kickers by now. Yes, yes. Let's get on with the Urban kicking jokes. Absolutely. Get it out of your system, you guys. So Us and them says I'd rather have kicking issues to than have coaching issues. Yeah, absolutely. The Jaguars are in a better position right now as a whole uh, as their franchise moving forward than they were last offseason. There's no question about it. Gerald says it's been quite a turnaround for Tyson. Like I said, um, last half of 2021, Tyson Campbell really turned it on. And yeah, it has been a turnaround, but it, he's he's been playing good football for a little while now. And, and he played pretty well during training camp last year. I just think he lost a little confidence when he was asked to go into the slot and play a lot more man coverage. What else do we got here? Robert says, one week from now, we're going to be playing in the Hall of Fame game. Checking in from Pittsburgh. All right, Robert, like to hear that. Got some Jags fans in enemy territory there. Although, Pittsburgh is Jacksonville 2.0 when you look at how the Jaguars have kind of owned that series in Pittsburgh over the years. Hopefully, we've got some Steelers fans watching to catch the shade there. Zachary says, the chemistry between Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker makes me happy. Yep. And, um, yeah, they're working together before practice, after practice. You had Josh Allen on Tuesday just raving about Trayvon Walker. Yesterday, Wednesday, you had Trayvon Walker doing the same thing about Josh Allen. They really seem to be growing a great relationship, like you say, a great chemistry. They're working together before and after practice. And Trayvon Walker, he's a nose-to-the-grindstone type of guy, and so is Josh Allen at this point in his career. They're just very hardworking. It's Vic checks in, says, Jordan, keep it up, bro. You're killing it. Can't tell you how much I appreciate all your work. Easily the best go-to for anything Jaguars. That means so much to me. That's my goal, to just try to provide the best insight and analysis that I possibly can here. So I appreciate you, you guys for the kind words. Bobby says, I'm just glad they can kick, kick it out of the end zone. Yeah, I mean, sure. My thing with the kickers is, you know, you had an accurate kicker in Matthew Wright last year who made some big kicks. Um, his numbers weren't bad from a field goal perspective, but uh, he couldn't kick it out of the end zone on kickoffs. Logan Cook has a big leg. I don't, I don't know why they don't try to just find an accurate kicker for um, for field goals and then have Logan Cook do the kickoffs, but. That is what it is at this point. 
We've got uh, Sergio says, Ingram worries me, can't catch the ball in traffic. So today his drop was the first drop he's had in team drills so far, and he's made some contested catches. So I would disagree with you there. But, you know, dropping a pass right on the goal line, having it pop up into a defender's hands, that is kind of what New York Giants fans and, and and media have seen from him over the years making the 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 mistake at the wrong time. And again, this was his first real issue during the team portion. So I'm not going to sit here and say that Evan Ingram is going to just is just going to make so much progress that he doesn't make any of these mistakes anymore. I don't, I don't think that's the case. But if you can have him as an effective a target for Trevor Lawrence who can make incredible catches away from his frame. He's shown that. I think sometimes you're just going to have to take some of the um, untimely mistakes. But again, this was his first mistake. So I wouldn't panic at this point, but it is reminiscent of some of the things you saw when he was in New York. Bobby says, had trouble covering kicks last season, it appeared. Yeah, I don't think that's unfair. With Heath Farwell in here, who's an experienced special teams coordinator, a good special teams coordinator, a guy who played a lot of special teams himself. And, you know, you have a lot of depth with your special teams players this year. I think that they should be in a much better position on special teams. Um, Murtaza? checks in. Sorry if I butchered that name. Says, how is Dan Arnold performing? So it was actually funny. I was about to tweet out that he had caught everything coming his way in camp, and he had made a lot of really good catches like away from his body, having to get that full extension, some toe drag stuff in the end zone. He did drop two passes today uh, consecutively, not during team drills, but just during the uh, quarterback and wide receiver pitching session, if you will. And so that was a little disappointing to see, but Dan Arnold has never been a guy that really struggles to catch the football. And he rebounded throughout practice. He ended up getting in the end zone uh, in the team portion of drills. So I think Dan Arnold is going to be a really, really good number two receiving tight end for you. Us and them says, we want a kicker, not a garbage picker. Thank you for making me do that. I really appreciate it. Irish Jags fan says, what's up from Dublin? That feeling of not wanting summer to end but dying for football to start is so frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you there. Training camp, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for football. not going to lie to you. All right, so moving along here, looking at what Trevor has done. Uh, Today, when you look at his numbers, I think he was 6 of 15 today by my count, which obviously that's not pretty. But again, most of that work was in the red zone against really tight coverage where the receivers just were not creating any separation. Um, now, he did score five total touchdowns today, which is exciting. One of them came on the ground, and I don't care if you're playing in pads what, what you're doing. He was scoring a touchdown on that play. And then um, he also threw four touchdown passes in the red zone work. So not bad. Not a bad day overall. Even though you look at 6 of 15, that's not great. But 
several of those were pass breakups. Several of them were just super tight coverage where there was nowhere to go with the football. So when you're just talking about Trevor's performance, his ability to bounce back from having some incompletions and not having a great day and still finding the end zone five times, I think is encouraging. Uh, His numbers so far throughout all of camp is 41 of 58 with the five total touchdowns today and just the one interception, which was the Evan Ingram drop that, that bounced into Shaquille Griffin's hands. Overall, I feel really encouraged by what I've seen from Trevor throughout this camp so far. And again, no pads yet. That'll come on Sunday. But uh, I just think you need to get better timing in the red zone. Uh, This was the first day where they really worked extensively in the red zone. So I think you've got a long way to go in that regard, just looking at the offense in general in the red zone. But... uh, They've got plenty of time to make progress there. Uh, And it's just different when you're working in the red zone, when there's no defenders on the field. It's really easy to look good. When you get the defenders out there in the red zone in tight quarters, things get a little jumbled up. It gets a little bit more difficult to complete passes. And Trevor and his receivers will just need to be able to adjust to that and play at a higher level moving forward in the red zone. But again, five touchdowns from a a red zone heavy practice is not bad. Not bad at all from Trevor. Um, One player who's looked fantastic no matter where he's been on the field is Travis Etienne. And you need to see this once pads come on, certainly. But he just looks faster than pretty much everyone else on the field, to be completely honest with you. He's fast. He's quick. He's got these explosive cuts. He looks like the guy you saw at Clemson and and the running back slash offensive weapon that he was at Clemson. He's the the conference all-time leader in touchdowns. I mean, the guy's a really incredible talent. He was drafted in the first round for a reason. And if you've paid attention, uh, it looks like the Bills were probably going to take him if the Jaguars didn't take him at 25. They were going to take him at the end of the first round there. This was a highly coveted talent, and you're seeing why on the field so far in training camp. A player who struggled, who a lot of people have wanted to talk about, are, are is Kevin Austin. Last few days, he's ended up on the ground quite a bit. I don't know if they need to switch out the cleats or what, but that it's been a struggle for him to hold on to the football, for him to create separation. Um, he's been getting locked up quite a bit. And Lawan Winningham on the opposite end of that spectrum has looked great as an undrafted free agent. He's got the length you're looking for, the ability to play outside. So I think you can feel encouraged about that. Uh, but I'm not sure how any of these undrafted free agents really are going to make the team at this point. The one that I've got my eye on that keeps kind of flashing, who I thought about a lot, Prior to camp was Josh Thompson, the former Texas cornerback who's now playing more safety for the Jaguars. He's got great physicality, and he played corner in in the Big 12, so he's got some ball skills and some instincts at cornerback, but he's got the physicality and the mentality to play safety. That's the one undrafted free agent who I think has the best shot to make it at this point. There will be no training camp tomorrow. They'll be back at it on Saturday, and then the pads will come on Sunday. 
And then, of course, again, one week from today is the Hall of Fame game. My quote of the day today was from Doug Peterson, and he said, I like tight ends. You know, that's no secret. And so looking at his offense, what we've seen in training camp, what you've seen from him throughout his time in Philly and even in Kansas City as the offensive coordinator is heavily utilizing that tight end position. And when you look at Evan Ingram and Dan Arnold, I think they're going to be able to capitalize on that and have really big years, excuse me, for the Jaguars. All right, what do we got here? Sergio saying, how do we feel about Nas? That would be Nas Bohannon, the former UNC basketball player turned tight end. Us and Them says, I like Nas probably as a practice squad guy, but I wanted to keep Tommy. Uh, yeah, I... I don't think Nas is ready. I do like his potential. I think he's got an NFL body, but I don't think he's ready to make a 53-man roster. I think he had another drop again today. But he would be more in that F tight end role, the blocking tight end, or excuse me, the Y tight end, the blocking tight end role. Um, But yeah, he could be a practice squad guy for sure. There's some competition for the practice squad at tight end. Zachary says, are the wide receivers struggling to get separation all the time or mostly just in the red zone? Just not. Yeah, that's a good question, Zachary. I would say today was the first time I really felt like the wide receivers were struggling to create separation. And, and that was primarily in the red zone. Yeah. So I think it's about um, getting more chemistry in the red zone, getting more timing between the twenties. It's such a different ball game than inside the twenties. Uh, you're really, you just have less room to operate down there and they'll just need to continue to improve their timing and chemistry. Cause, and for Trevor, when you're working, you know, middle of the field, working in between the twenties, I think he felt like he had just a lot of room to operate. Then it tightens up once you get in the red zone and it's close to the end zone. And that's something where he's going to need to feel more comfortable Um, just kind of pushing the ball in there at times in the red zone while also not being overzealous and not turning the football over. So it's kind of a fine line you have to walk inside the red zone. Trevor, or us and them says Trevor still has great timing with Trevor. I'm not sure what that means. He doesn't have to break stride for those passes and that helps keep that speed should have some explosive plays from him this season. Oh, with Travis. Yeah. Yeah. They look, they have great chemistry together. Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne. Keaton says spent all that money and still can't get separation. Feels bad. Again, things get tighter in the red zone. I wouldn't just chalk it up to these receivers can't separate, but yeah, they're going to have to figure out answers in the red zone. But again, Trevor did get five touchdowns today in the red zone work. Irish Jags fan says, have we been running a lot of RPO? Yeah, RPOs, read options, quick game stuff, it's going to be there. Chari says, Ingram is the starting tight end, right? Yes, he is. Carl says, another day for the defense. Yes, it was. But even on these days where the defense has been a little more impressive, the offense has had its had its punches and counter punches. And the one thing that no one's been able to stop is Travis Etienne with the ball in his hands. Robert says anything different with the O-line today. So Jawan Taylor was not out there because of his injury that's unspecified at this point, uh, which I'm sure we'll figure out either tomorrow or or Saturday. 
Um, there's no camp tomorrow, so it'll probably be Saturday when we figure out what was up with Jawan. He was out there riding the bike, just was not participating in, in practice, really. And so you saw Walker Little exclusively at right tackle with, with the ones. He looks really good, especially in his ability to get out and, and move and, and look comfortable targeting linebackers and defensive backs, getting down the field and trying to create space for the ball carriers. You saw him get out in front of a Travis Etienne run, looked really smooth doing it. Dustin asked, do you think Rudy Ford will make the team? That's a good question because I definitely think at this point he's behind um, Rayshon Jenkins and and Andre Sisco, who are the starters, but also behind Wingard and, and Daniel Thomas. He might just be exclusively special teams this year. Um, and, you know, he, he does have a contract. It's not a huge contract, so if they cut him, they'll be eating a little bit of that, but not too much to where you'd be super worried about it. But he'll be in competition with some of these young guys to make it as that special teamer. Rudy Ford does have experience under Doug Peterson. He was in Philly while Doug was there, so there's familiarity there makes you think they might lean towards him but i think josh thompson has a shot back there benjamin says philly fan but how you think lawrence is going to do this year i think he's going to take a big step under doug peterson he's got better targets better weapons around him i think an offensive line that will play at a higher level in doug peterson's scheme with phil rousher coaching them up i think phil rousher was a great not a good a great addition to this staff as the offensive line coach Ethan says, are we rotating our receivers often? Yeah, you're going to see, even though like technically Christian Kirk and Marvin Jones and Evan Ingram are like your starters, Zay Jones is on the field a ton. He's basically a starter. Um, LaVisca is going to be on the field a ton. Jamal Agnew has not gotten in on the team drills yet, but I think he'll get on the field some as well and, and be a factor there. Laquan Treadwell will get on the field. Dan Arnold will get on the field. Chris Manhurts will get on the field. So, yeah, there's going to be a lot of rotating between the receivers and tight ends and in the running backs, too. I think once James is healthy, you'll see a lot of Travis Etienne, a lot of James Robinson, and some Snoop Connor sprinkled in. Brandon Joyce, one of my good buddies, says, Hey, Jobin, saw a clip of Evan Ingram drop an easy pass with no coverage. Any concerns about consistency there? So far, it's been mostly good with Evan Ingram. But yeah, consistency has been the the critical issue for Evan Ingram throughout his career. And th that's what the Jaguars, they've used him when it's just quarterback drills, just quarterbacks throwing the ball. Evan Ingram is the one who is with the quarterbacks consistently just catching those passes. So I think they're doing everything they can to try to make sure that his hands are as consistent as possible once once the games start counting and they're going to need him to be. He's the X factor. If he is a consistent pass catcher for the Jaguars, this offense really opens up. Gerald says we still need to go after that top-notch receiver next year. I agree with you. And Marvin Jones, that'll be interesting how they work that, that one out because he'll be 33 next offseason. And um, he's on the final year of his contract this year. So we'll see how that plays out. But I do agree that you would like to have a more 
a receiver out there that feels a little bit more dominant than what you've seen so far. Christian says, so Tyson, the best corner on the team. I think he has the most overall talent on the team at corner. If I had to just line up one corner, yeah, I probably would take him. I like Shaq a lot as well, but I think Tyson, he just has a higher ceiling. But I think that's a good one-two punch at corner. And then Darius Williams as your third corner as well. Speaking of the third corner, Trey Herndon has been playing nickel with Darius Williams still not participating in team stuff. And Trey Herndon's gotten a couple pass breakups. He's looked really good himself. A lot of people forget about um, before 2019, which was when Trey Herndon had to kind of play outside a lot after Jalen Ramsey left. Before that happened, um, he he had played some nickel and played very well at nickel. And then last year, you look at what happened. He got an injury early in camp, was kind of fighting through that all year. So I think that Trey Herndon is a better overall player at the nickel spot than a lot of people remember, and he's played very well so far. Carl says, how did Walker Little look? I just mentioned it a few minutes ago. I think he looked really good. Um, Again, no pads, so you're really more excited to see the offensive line and the defensive line get after it once pads come on. But he's looked good from what I've seen, and he looks good getting out there in space, which I think is going to be critical in this offense. Kamel says, five touchdowns on how many drives in the red zone? It wasn't really drives per se. Um, it was like they would go out there and get five or six reps, four or five, six reps, and then move on to the second team and then the third team and then rinse and repeat. So I, I don't know how, how you could say how many how many drives it was exactly. Um, I guess he had 15 total passes on the day. So when you look at five of the four of those being touchdowns and then also having the one rushing touchdown, yeah. Benjamin said, yo, no, that's Doug. Like you see, Eagles got Jordan Mailata. Yep. He's done a hell of a job with offensive lines over the years, and I think Phil Rauscher is going to help him do that here. Us and them says, imagine looking in the backfield and seeing Agnew and Etienne. Good luck, linebackers. Yeah, I'm with you there. That sounds like a good, good setup. Dustin says, could um, Buster Brown or Gregory start the season on the practice squad? At this point, my prediction for Buster Brown and Gregory Jr., who Gregory was the sixth-round pick, Brown was seventh, I think they'll both make the active roster. That's my current prediction. I think they both look pretty good. Carl says, how's the pass rush looking without pads? Again, Josh Allen, he picked up two sacks yesterday. I think you've seen Trayvon Walker get some pressure as well. Uh, So I think it's looked pretty good. But, yeah, you want to see what happens once pads come on. Antoine says, shells Saturday. Sure, we'll see how that goes. I'm guessing Saturday is going to be pretty light, but we'll see how it goes. Zachary McKinnon, what are your predictions for team captains? Who are the definite leaders of the team? Trevor Lawrence, Brandon Scherf, maybe Christian Kirk, Maybe Marvin Jones, probably Marvin Jones of the receivers. Um, Maybe Tyler Shatley. He's definitely one of those guys that's been around for a long time and does everything the right way. Defensively, Josh Allen, 
uh, Shaquille Griffin, maybe Tyson Campbell. Andre might step up in that role. I imagine Foye might have a chance to step into that role. Bully Fatu Kasi was a captain for the Jets, so he might have an opportunity there to be a leader. I think that's a pretty good group there. Antoine says, would it be far-fetched to see in the beginning of the season ETN play the J-Rob role and Visca play the ETN role? I'm not sure what that means, honestly. Jesus is King says, do you think Chason will play in the Hall of Fame game? I think he's going to have to just because the Jaguars don't have a ton of depth at outside linebacker. Um, so I think he's going to have to. But you'll see Jameer Jones and the rest of the guys, Rashad Berry, um, um, Wyatt Ray. Yeah, so I think you will see those guys out there. Antoine says, Ashlyn said the wide receiver six is obvious. Do you agree in which six? Yeah, I do think it is obvious at this point. Um, it is the top three are Christian Kirk, Marvin Jones, and Zay Jones. The three after them, in my opinion, are going to be Laquan Treadwell, LaVisca Chenault, and Jamal Agnew. I think they'll all see the field. So if they keep six, I think that's pretty easy who it's going to be. Brandon Joyce checks in with a $10 super chat. Really appreciate that, brother. Says, best channel covering the Jags. Great analysis of the whole team and consistent content. Keep it up, Jordan. Thank you so much, Brandon. Gerald said, when will Vaselli's speech be? Day of Hall of Fame game? I think they're the night before, maybe the day after. I'm not sure. I have not looked up the timeline for that, but I'll get you that information for sure. Tari says, wide receiver six is probably winning him. I think right now, the battle for wide receiver seven, you could have Winningham maybe there. I think Tim Jones and Jeff Cotton have both played well. Uh, so I think those would be the, the players probably competing for wide receiver seven. But I don't think Chari, uh, I don't think Winningham is at wide receiver six. And I just think it's going to be hard. Agnew or Visca aren't getting cut. Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, Marvin Jones not getting cut. I don't think Laquan Treadwell is getting cut either. They brought him back for a reason. He proved to be a reliable contributor last year in my opinion and he'll he'll bust his ass on special teams and also as a blocker Antoine says ETN getting most of the snaps as the primary back and Visca used as a scat gadget back Visca is going to be used all over the field I don't think you just talk about him as a a a scat back or a gadget back he's going to be used as a wide receiver as well but yeah I do think at this point I would I would predict ETN getting most of the snaps because he's he got healthier quicker than James Robinson. Of course, his injury was several months before James Robinson's, but he's healthy right now and he's explosive. You can talk a lot about James Robinson being consistent, having great vision, uh, patience, contact balance, and power, and doing everything the right way. But the one thing ETN is going to give you that that J Rob cannot is that home run threat. Dustin said projected DBs, and I think he's talking about cornerbacks here. Shaquille Griffin, Darius Williams, Tyson Campbell, Chris Claybrooks, Trey Herndon, uh, Buster Brown, and Gregory Jr. That's a lot, he says. And yeah, that is a lot. That's seven. The one I would kick out of that probably at this point is Chris Claybrooks, who did pick up a PBU today. But I just don't think that if you're trying to talk about 
having good depth at, at, at cornerback that you'd rather have Clay Brooks on the field on defense over um, Gregory Jr. or Buster Brown, really definitely not Trey Herndon. And then I think even Xavier Crawford would probably be in the mix over Chris Clay Brooks, but we'll see how it plays out. Austin them says, I think Treadwell and Trevor look smooth in what limited footage I saw and they improved together last season toward the end. Yeah. Excuse me. I think they have good chemistry. Bottom line, I'll agree with you there. All right. Irish Jags fan says, most likely Jaguar to make the Pro Bowl. Most likely. So, I mean, it's an easy question here, I think, in my opinion. Brandon Scherf is a guy that's made the Pro Bowl five out of seven seasons in his career. Everybody knows who he is. If the Jaguars have a good running game and they protect Trevor decently, I think you can look at Brandon Scherf and be like, oh, he's the new piece. He's the big addition. He's part of the big difference. And I think he will be. And so I think it'll be easy for for voters to vote for Brandon Scherf if the Jaguars are are protecting Trevor Lawrence and running the ball well. All right, that's going to close it out for me here today. Getting a little winded. Uh, need to get a get a break in, and then we're going to have Delugo on Duval over on the relevant app at 2 p.m. today. So make sure to go check that out. It's available exclusively on the relevant app in the Jaguars Fanatics chat. But yeah. That will do it. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can hit me up on Twitter at Jordan DeLugo, follow Generation Jag or at Generation Jag. Make sure to hit the like and subscribe button on YouTube and check ginjag.com for all the latest Jaguars news, analysis, and Duval gear. We did get a couple more questions here that I will tackle right before I get out. Jeremy says, I'm preparing myself to have a good cry when Tony is inducted to the Hall of Fame, as you should. Enjoy it. Zachary says, what position will we need to watch the most for preseason? It's a good question. Um, in the Hall of Fame game, I'd be watching the backup wide receivers and the backup cornerbacks the most. But yeah, I'd be keeping an eye on Caleb on all preseason, see if he can make some progress because he's in a much better situation than he has been. LJ Winningham will be our red zone threat, says Sergio. We'll see. Again, I don't know that he's going to make the roster. So Benjamin says, so how many you see the team winning this season? I'm not going to get into a record prediction at this point. I want to see more. Chef Florida boy says, I'll save my tears for Fred Taylor. No worries there. Yeah. Hopefully we can get Fred into the hall one day, but yeah, I'm going to wrap it up now. Appreciate everybody for tuning in again. Make sure to go uh, download the relevant app and tune in at 2 PM over there. We'll talk some of these uh, position battles and some other stuff from training camp. Y'all have a good one. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.